Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. The final from Progressive Field in Cleveland. It's the Guardians 5, the Kansas City Royals 1. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field, the thing I enjoy, watching baseball being played. And the Guardians gave you a really solid, fun game in this one. A nice, solid win all around. You had, you know, multiple contributions offensively from different guys. You had Aaron Savali pitching like, you know, dare I say, a veteran ace, maybe we could say, you know, going eight innings. It was against the Royals, but he goes eight innings, five hits, one run, uh, two walks, five strikeouts, and 93 pitches to get through eight innings. I mean, this is a big difference uh, for Aaron Savali, who since coming back has not been going deep into games. He is hard hit on those 93 pitches. Aaron Savali is hard hit one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight times. So it's a much, much needed start for a team with a completely uh, burned out bullpen. And uh, in his last, so let's say uh, for the month of July, uh, he went six innings against the Cubs. He did go seven innings against the Royals. So maybe he just is really good at going deep against the Royals. Against the Rangers after the All-Star break, he only goes five. Against Pittsburgh, he only goes five and a third. And now eight innings tonight. So... Um, I guess it, July hasn't been all that awful as far as going deep into games. But uh, after those two five-inning appearances uh, coming out of the All-Star break, it's nice to see him go eight innings. Again, it helps to face the Royals, but, you know, hey, uh, you you play everybody in baseball. So uh, we deserve gaming games against the Royals just like everybody else does. Uh, so, yeah, so a huge, huge moment for Aaron Savali to step up Help the bullpen. Uh, that's now two starts in a row where uh, the Guardians have gotten to rest their bullpen. And uh, Classe comes in, does pitch the ninth. He's the he's the only one that wasn't getting work was Classe. So he comes in and gets some work with the big 5-1 to one lead and finishes off the ninth inning on 13 pitches. That's the way Classe does it. Always ultra efficient. So uh, let's get into it. Uh, I guess top storylines of the game, Savali is definitely a storyline in this game, but the top storyline of this game has to be Bo Naylor showing the power, two home runs on the game, a solo shot, and then uh, to kick off the scoring in the third, and then a two-run shot in the fifth inning uh, to make it a three-run inning. Some big stuff here from the rookie catcher. And, you know, this is... This is why he's here, right? We he's he's up because we know there's power in that bat, and uh, we need the power in that bat. This him transforming into, I mean, let's face it, the type of hitter his older brother is is what everyone's expecting. It's what this team needs. I, they need the Naylor brothers to be the Bash brothers in the middle of this lineup for this offense to really, really take off. Not, you know, Mandy Bell's article after the game, oh God, they they treat these rookies with such kid gloves, right? They're so gentle with these rookies. Every comment is we don't want to overwork them. We don't want to put too much on their plate. Oh, boy, you know, they really take things slow uh, with with every rookie that they bring up. But at some point, you know, it's it's a game he's been playing all his life. Just let the kid go out there and play. Like, you know take the training wheels off 
and just let them run and see what happens. Uh, so, uh, yeah, two home runs. Let's get into the at-bats. You know, facing a, a veteran in Granky who knows how to do some wicked things, knows how to mess with your timing. Uh, he had Andres Jimenez fishing all night, uh, taking bad swings. Andres Jimenez doesn't get a good swing in until they finally go to the bullpen, uh, and then he ropes a double into right field. Uh, but Naylor somehow uh, survives Granky and jumps all over him for these two home runs. The first one was a no doubt about a home run. 30 out of 30 ballparks. Uh, this thing was gone. 1,000 expected batting average. The second home run, a little bit different. 15 out of 30 ballparks. It's still at a 700 expected batting average. But only 15 out of 30 ballparks would this be a home run. So let's go to the matchups. That first home run. Uh, Granky is really challenging him with hard stuff. Uh, gets a called strike on a fastball at the belt on the outside edge of the plate uh, for strike one. Comes and challenges him at the top of the strike zone with a four-seam fastball, and he fouls that off. So now Naylor's down in the count 0-2. Uh, but Granky does him a favor by coming nowhere near the plate with the next two pitches. Throws him a, a sinker way away off the plate. Throws him a slider down at his feet. That's easy for him to lay off. He's now worked it back into a 2-2 count. He's getting a little more comfortable in there. And then Granky comes. I, I don't know where Perez was set up, but probably not down the middle of the plate. He pretty much comes with a fastball middle-middle. This thing's right at the belt. Just, just maybe left of center uh, down the middle of the plate. I would still consider this the middle-middle quadrant. And uh, Naylor jumps on it, 109.4 miles per hour, 25-degree launch angle, 430 feet. It was a monster shot out to right center field. And uh, the Guardians, you know, start the scoring, get on the scoreboard first here, uh, and their offense is off and running. So a great swing by Naylor of uh, being patient, letting a guy waste some pitches, and then fall back into the middle of the zone. Uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, Granky changes his approach a little bit the next time, uh, Naylor's up. Didn't throw him any change-ups in that at-bat. This at-bat in the, in the fifth inning, he's going with fastballs and change-ups. So, again, starts him off with a four-seam fastball on the outside half of the plate for a called strike. Uh, pretty much the same pitch he started with him last at-bat. Then throws him a change-up in the dirt, and now he starts to miss. Misses with a fastball off the plate. Misses with another changeup down and away off the plate. Now he's worked it into a 3-1 count. Now he's in a hitter's count. Now he's, again, hunting fastball, right? Uh, this time, I, I got to give Bo Naylor credit because I believe earlier in this inning, uh, and I can double-check this, uh, he got Andres Jimenez to swing at an outside fastball. He, got, he was stayed outside mostly against the lefties. If you go to the illustrator, Granky was just pounding the outside edge of the plate against all these lefties in the lineup, all these lefties and switch hitters hitting from the left side. And earlier in this inning, he got Andres Jimenez to swing at a fastball off the plate and roll over it and ground out to second base. And it was a bad swing for you know a left-handed hitter. If you're gonna swing at this thing, you gotta ride it into right field. Like that's that's pretty much all you could do with this. It's way too far out there. To try to pull. So I got to give credit to Bo Naylor here because Granky doesn't miss middle-middle again 
with a fastball. This fastball is on the outside edge of the plate. It's just up. Maybe that's the difference uh, between the one to Jimenez and the one to Bo Naylor here in the fifth inning. It catches the edge of the plate, whereas Andres Jimenez's was definitely off the plate. So maybe that extra inch or two of run off the plate helps get the ground out from Jimenez, whereas this one, Naylor is able to barrel up and launch. 101.1 miles per hour, 27-degree launch angle, 397 to that front row right in front of the uh, bullpens. Man, if you want to catch some home run balls, uh, that is definitely a spot to sit. I, it's an expensive seat. It's tough to get, but uh, definitely bring your glove with you and be ready for some home run balls. So uh, I got to give, again, I got to give Naylor credit here. I, this isn't a mistake by Granky. This is a good pitch by Granky on the outside edge of the plate. Maybe just elevates, his, elevates it a little bit, and it allows Naylor to get under it and drive it at a 27-degree launch angle. So, I mean, a huge day for the rookie catcher. Doubles his home run total. I think they had he was like the third youngest catcher to have a multi-home run game or, you know, some fun stunt stat like that. Uh, but it was definitely needed from this offense, right? I just, home runs make life a little bit easier offensively. And uh, especially when your nine hitter is uh, hitting two home runs and driving in three runs. Miles Straw was on base for this one. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's a really, really... Uh, nice. Actually, the, the whole fifth inning was a really nice inning uh, for the Guardians. Uh, uh, Josh Bell with the double uh, to center field. He hit one at 110.8 miles per hour. Just the, the power in that guy's swing without even sw- seeming like he's swinging that hard is incredible. And then Brennan is able to drop a single in the center and drive Bell in. Good hustle by Bell scoring from second base. Uh, he was flying around the bases. Um, Miles Straw hits into a force out, but stays out of the double play, which allows Naylor to come up and hit the two-run home run. So, uh, you know, Straw almost ends the inning there, but his speed saves the inning. Give him credit for that, at least. His speed saves the inning, and Naylor's able to drive in both of them. So a really nice fifth inning there with a couple of extra base hits. Uh, three hits in the inning, and it turns into three runs. Uh, and then they do answer. Uh, they they add on in the sixth inning while we're talking offense. Ahmed Rosario gets a little league triple. Uh, waters and the ball gets past him. Uh, try to kind of slide in for that one, and uh, it's definitely a little league triple right there. Um, and then Jose Ramirez uh, hits one hundred and five point eight right back up the middle to bring him in. And to get that run home. And man, I love when Ramirez is up and a runner's on third base with less than two outs. Like it's it's almost a guarantee that that guy is coming in to score. Uh, I know there have been times this season where Ramirez fools us all, uh, flusters himself by not getting that run in. But more, I would put odds on it, more likely than not, Ramirez is going to bring that guy in from third. So he does it here with a blistering single back up the middle. Uh, they did look like they were going to threaten for more in this inning. Remember, this is the inning that Andres Jimenez does get to face someone out of the bullpen that makes a mistake inside to him, and he doubles to right field. Uh, but Ramirez has to stop at third, and unfortunately, Bell would fly out to shallow right, and Brennan would ground out to end the threat. But uh, a pretty solid offensive day 
uh, for your Cleveland Guardians. Putting up five runs, uh, that's scoring in multiple innings, scoring in three different innings. Uh, that's good stuff. That's really good stuff from your Cleveland Guardians offense. And, and Naylor's the only one with a multi-hit game. So like I said, everybody just kind of had their moment at different points throughout the game. But uh, collectively, it works together to be a really solid offensive day. Now, Savali versus Granke. Savali definitely outduels Granke. Granke only lasts five innings, gives up four hits. Only four hits, but four runs. The two home runs will do that. Uh, he's only hard hit five times, but only lasts 71 pitches. Um, Savali was definitely... It was a different approach. Uh, if you go over to the illustrator, Granky was just trying to stay away. Trying to stay away from those lefties. Pitching to that left side of the plate. Whereas Savali was just attacking the plate no matter who was up. Lefty or righty, he was coming at you with a cutter. Uh, he was coming at you with curveballs. Uh, Savali was just filling up the strike zone and I mean the pitch count shows it like he he was working ahead for most of this game one batter makes it to a 2-0 count one batter I mean so many 0-2 counts 1-2 counts just working down the left side of that uh count breakdown there um working ahead so many quick at bats you know three pitch at bats uh, a really really good job Whereas, you know, Grinky, uh, Grinky was also working ahead a lot. A lot of batters he starts 0-1. Uh, but, uh, you know, the Guardians were uh, did enough against him, obviously, uh, to kind of end his day a lot quicker than Aaron Savali's. Going over to the uh, breakdown, it's nice to see the Guardians actually handling someone's four-seam fastball. Uh, they didn't have any whiffs on the four-seam fastball against Granky. He does have 10 called strikes, but uh, they only fouled off five and put eight in play, which is nice to see. Usually that is, I mean, a ridiculous number in the opposite direction. Usually they're like fouling off twice as many fastballs as they're putting in play. So it's nice to see him putting the majority of the fastballs in play and hitting them hard at 97.3 average exit velocity. Uh, Bo Naylor's two home runs definitely contribute to that. So it's nice to see the Guardians actually handling someone's fastball. Um, and then Savali on his side of things, not a huge whiff rate. Uh, only eight whiffs on 43 swings. Uh, didn't really even induce weak contact. I mean, the average exit velocity often was 90.5. Uh, adds in 17 called strikes, which make, makes his CSW uh, a respectable 27%. Uh, so again, uh, he didn't really do anything to dominate. Uh, he just attacked, uh, let him put it in play, trusted his defense, and, you know, it It works out for him. The Guardians do make some mistakes in this one, and this is something I noticed. Uh, there was a, you know, a, they tried to turn a double play, and uh, the runner was, like, sliding into Andres Jimenez as he was making the throw. He pulls the throw across the first baseman and uh, throws it away. Uh, so there was an, a mistake there that, you know, I'm surprised that these things didn't get credited as errors. There was another one. I was doing dishes. I wasn't really looking. I, I think Andres Jimenez let one get past him that the announcers thought he normally comes up with. And, uh, and then the uh, throw from Bo Naylor on a steal, uh, he throws one in the center field, allows the runner to go all the way to third. So there were moments in this game where they did make some mistakes 
the Royals just don't have a good enough offense to really make you pay for them. Right, the Royals' offense—they they have their moments. Game one, they had their moment where they came out and played a decent offensive game. But more than not, when a team's twenty-nine and seventy-four, it means their offense just is not taking advantage of mistakes. They're not something you have to worry about. So even in those moments, uh, Savali's still able to get out of them. The defense is able to get out of it, and he just—he doesn't really have a very stressful inning. Uh, he has a, a lot of one, two, three innings, goes one, two, three in the second, um, goes, then settles down late in the game, goes one, two, three in the sixth, one, two, three in the seventh. That, I mean, is huge right there, especially if the Guardians take the big lead for him to be, you know, really find a groove there in the sixth and seventh inning. Does get into trouble in the eighth inning, but he's saved by a double play. And then Bobby Witt Jr. grounds out to end the threat. So they did threaten in that eighth inning with leadoffs, back-to-back singles. But uh, the double play gets saves him a couple of times. Uh, he has a double play also in the uh, to get out of the third inning after a leadoff walk to Drew Waters. So uh, double plays helping him out. And uh, yeah, the fifth inning, they also thread in with two singles in that inning. But a strikeout there of Drew Waters. And then gets Mikel Garcia to pop out with two outs to get out of it. So a really nice day from Aaron Savali. So, yeah, those were the big storylines of the game. Uh, A nice, efficient, fun win. Uh, It was a fun game from your Cleveland Guardians. All right, now that we're back, the emails have started rolling in again. Marlon from Birmingham uh, got in first. Of course he did. Marlon, our most reliable emailer. Uh, he said, I'm glad to have you back. Thrilled everything is well with your, you and your family. This was an all-around win tonight. Savali gave the team something that was sorely needed, innings. As the commentators mentioned tonight, this was the second consecutive game the bullpen got rest. This is important because the next scheduled off day isn't until August 3rd. Yeah, that's what everyone was worried about. They were worried about how long this team had before an off day and just really burning up that bullpen. He's throwing Bone Naylor's name in there. Uh, even though he made an errant throw, the two home runs, he definitely deserves MVP for the day. Um, Bo, like Freeman and Arias, needs to get consistent reps. I agree with you, Marlon. He he was wondering if maybe Tito would DH him and start Fry behind the plate because today is a day game. Ugh, I don't know. He DHs Bell and uh, Naylor so often. I don't know if... Uh, Bo Naylor is going to get many reps uh, at the DH spot. It'd be interesting, but I just you're probably going to see Bell or Josh uh, as the DH and the other one at first base. Um, he threw out some trade ideas. Uh, the Red Sox just traded Kiki Hernandez back to the Dodgers. And he said, I wonder if that means more trades for Boston. I'd like to see the Cleveland acquire Adam Duvall to play right field, move Straw to the bench. Uh, he missed a couple of months with a wrist injury, but he's healthy now. He's a short-term contract, doesn't cost much, has power. Uh, so yeah, so Duvall, you know, Marlon, you're on the right track here. He's been playing this game for a long time, came up with San Francisco in 2014, uh, 10 years now, and he does. He's had a couple of 30 home run seasons, definitely has power. Uh, in 40 games, he's got seven home runs. He's got an 840 OPS. Uh, a 121 OPS plus. Uh, so yeah, he uh, he definitely is someone you could see them getting that would give a little bit of pop in the middle of the lineup. Although I have heard that uh, 
the Atlanta Braves are interested in going back and getting him and bringing him back to Atlanta, which they've done before. Uh, so there's probably going to be some competition for Adam Duvall, but I think you're on the right track with a guy like that. Uh, definitely right-handed power. He also mentions bringing back Cookie Carrasco. I think, I think you're just being sentimental, Marlon. He's not having a great season. Uh, three and four with a 5.82 ERA. Uh, his FIP fielding independent pitching is up to a 5.89, which is very high. Uh, his whip walk hits per innings pitched is up to 1.574, and it's because his walks are up. Uh, he's up at 4.1 walks per nine innings, which is the highest of his since his rookie season. Uh, so his walks are the highest they've ever been, and his strikeouts are the lowest they've ever been. Uh, well, since he was pitching early on uh, for Cleveland. Um, so yeah, so his uh, his strikeout to walk ratio is not looking good at 1.61. Uh, I mean, this is a significant fall off from last year even for him. So, I don't know. He was a 15-game winner for the Mets last year. Jeez, 15-7 and seven with a 3.97 ERA. Maybe coming back to Cleveland would do him some good and uh, help him rebound this season. I, if you're just looking for innings to get through this season and you're looking for a feel-good story, then yeah, Carrasco is someone you can go after. If you're looking for someone who's pitching well and can help lead this team to the playoffs. I don't know if this is the season from Carrasco. Uh, at 36 years old, he's he's probably coming to the end of things here. So, uh, Marlon, thank you for the email. Uh, Jeff from Columbus, Jeff with a G, also checked in. He said, hi, Davey. Fun game and nice way to close it out without any drama. Yeah, it is nice. Like I said, Savali settled down and pitched a really nice uh, end to the game there. Uh, Savali and Bo Naylor for co-MVPs, uh, Jeff suggests. Jose hit the ball hard several times and had a nice RBI. Savali was an ace tonight. What might this do to his trade value? Bo is going to be great. Any talk of Oscar getting called up for some at-bats against lefties? I very much appreciate the podcast and glad you're back, Jeff and Columbus. Uh, any talk of Oscar getting called up? I would say from the podcasters, yeah. From Guardians Twitter, yeah. Any talk from the team? No, it doesn't seem like it. It really doesn't. Uh, they still want Oscar Gonzalez to get work. They still want him to be more selective at the plate and work longer at bats. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't see any signs that they're going to make a move uh, to Columbus for a hitter. Obviously, they're cycling through pitchers. But for a hitter, they really don't seem like they're going to Columbus for help. Uh what might this do to Savali's trade value? Well, that's an interesting question. Because if you are looking for a veteran pitcher, right? Uh, Marlon was just looking for a veteran pitcher to eat innings to help this uh, staff out. Would you want to give up Savali if he's pitching this well? Uh, I, I don't know. It's a question of, is this the time to maximize Savali's trade value and get what you can for him? Like you were going to do with Bieber? Or... Do you kind of need Savali? Do you kind of need him to be the veteran on this staff with Bieber out, McKenzie out? And uh, if you have any chance of trying to come back and compete in this division, you kind of need Savali around. So I don't know if Savali's on the trade block or not. Uh, so uh, let's uh, get to the thing that Jeff and Marlon was talking about. MVP on the day. Look, I appreciate you throwing Savali's name in there, but come on. The rookie has a multi-home run game. Bo Naylor is definitely taking home 
MVP on the day. Uh, you're right. We couldn't have done it without e- both of them had to contribute to get this thing done. But uh, Bo Naylor definitely uh, was the standout guy uh, on this day. So your MVP on the day, the rookie, Bo Naylor. All right, that's all my thoughts. Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland baseball morning. We have got ourselves a day game uh, to close out. You know, your getaway day on a Wednesday. Going for the Guardians in this one. It is going to be Gavin Williams back on the mound. So apparently that blister thing wasn't too serious. He's going up against Marsh, the right-hander for the Royals, who's 0-4 with a 620 ERA. Can we please make a guy with a 620 ERA look like a guy with a 620 ERA? Do not make this guy look like an ace. Come on, Guardians offense. So let's uh, have some fun, some fun day baseball here. Uh, I'm working from home, so it's going to make it nice and easy for me to watch this 110 game. So go out there, enjoy some afternoon baseball, and we'll be back to talk about this thing. All right, that's all my thoughts. Thanks again. The final from Progressive Field. It's the Guards 5, the Royals 1. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. You can email the show at clevelandbaseballmornings at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts on the game. Let me know your thoughts as we approach the trade deadline. Do you have any targets out there that you're looking at? And we'll discuss it on the show. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Spotify. If you go to the link in the show notes, you can leave a voicemail for the show. We'll play it back on the air, respond to your thoughts, and we'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning.